0: Hey, welcome to the Impact Podcast by Utopia. Join me in meeting the youth of Singapore who are making a positive impact to the world around them. Welcome back to the Impact Podcast. Today, we are happy to have... Farah Samwari, who started Fitri in 2013. So Fitri is an Islamic environmental group which spiritually motivates the Muslim community in Singapore to care for the earth. So Farah also partnered with the co-founder of Sustainable Living Lab to start Repair Kopitiam, which is a community repair program addressing waste in Singapore. So we're going to have a chat with Farah today about sustainability as a spiritual motivation. But before we get started with that, Um, Hi, Farah. Introduce
1: yourself to us. Hi, everyone. I'm Farah. I'm, um, like Nicole said, I'm the co-founder of Repair Kopitiam and Fitri. So, um, I've been involved in the sustainability space for quite some time now. So, as a youth, I actually am on the geriatric youth side, (laughs) (laughs) on the later side. Um, But it's been many years since it started, um, and I think it's quite interesting how the the field has developed over the years.
0: Mm. So, it's interesting because... um, as an elder millennial. <laughs> <laughs> I guess um you, you 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 quite accurately said that. I guess like you're one of the first few to or the ones that have been involved in
1: the sustainability movement quite
0: early on. So tell me a bit about like your journey getting involved.
1: Right. So um, I actually was studying back in NUS, uh, I was studying industrial design. And as an industrial designer, you design a lot of products, right? Mm. And one of the experiences of designing these products um, in one of those classes was to design a TV. Actually, mm. it wasn't my project, it was like somebody else's project, but it was designing a TV and the brief... Um, strictly told them to um, design something that can last for two years mm. so a product that lasts for two years I was like "What? what's going on right now mm. uh, turns out you, it's called planned obsolescence mm. so you're basically trying to design Encourage something so that people would buy more things um, and so I was like oh no I'm not going to make any more useless plastics for people mm. um, and so my journey from for the to, to understand sustainability started from there, so I did my thesis on um, like community gardening, ground-up initiatives, uh, involved myself more in the sustainability space, and eventually I found Sustainable Living Lab, which is a, a company, a social enterprise, um, and I stayed there for about five, six years um, as the executive director. Um, where we uh, in, initiate a lot of um, like social community projects to, to address sustainability together, um, ran, ran a lot of innovation programs that lead towards sustainability. Um, so that was that. But at the same time, I also co-founded an Islamic environmental group called Fitri with my friends. Um, and we also got ourselves registered only recently, to be honest. Um, but that organization itself is one of those avenues to reach a different group of audience. So you would uh, have people from seven, eight years ago who wondered what sustainability is all about. But actually, you know, to be honest, it's actually part of our religion. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So, um,
0: tell me a bit about why you decided that it was important for um to have a focus on religion and sustainability. Because I think it's it's not something that you hear about often at all, right?
1: I actually came from both paths. Um the one is the secular path where um uh, it, the narrative around sustainability has been mainly um, you know, non-spiritually, non-values laden. It's more of uh, what do you need to do, what are the practical things that you need to do to solve the climate issue, mm. things like that. Uh, but in through this the spiritual religious path, there's actually deep set values and beliefs that you have to like unearth to mm. be able to understand so that you'll be able to appreciate nature and then after that do something that actually means um, something to the earth. Yeah, that that solves the issues that we have, you know, created ourselves. Mm. Yeah.
0: So I am I'm, I'm quite a uh, non-religious individual. Mm-hmm. So tell me a bit about like what that. Entails because I right. think um if if you were to tell me that you, you mentioned that uh so the secular way of looking at environmentalism mm-hmm. is not as much based in like values but mm-hmm. to me it also feels like it's quite like intrinsic right like mm-hmm. you would think that like if you cared for like your community right. or like the future of society yeah. then um it, it's a value that you mm-hmm. you hold near to you and therefore like yeah. you would care about climate change, right? So, where does that difference kind of come into play?
1: So, for religion, I think uh, specifically for Islam, I would say that the things that are very deep set would be like things that are in the divine, I think, scripture, for example. Things that are talked about about um, when uh, the idea of uh, creation and I mean, I think the Christian narrative would also be similar about creation care, right? But there's a similar narrative around uh, there's God and then there's uh, God as a creator and then the other creation. So you as a creation are not um, supposed to lord over the other uh, creations mm-hmm. uh, and you are responsible. In Islam, there's a term called Khalifa fil Earth, which is um, stewards of the earth or vicegrants of the earth. Uh, you are ordained to Take care of the earth, even though you are the humblest of creations. Mm. Um, and I think this is very like this humble humbling of it is a it's something that um, puts you in perspective whenever you want to do something. So in solving sustainability issues, the um, it's not about um, you you know outwitting things and solving it, but it's also about like where do you stand. Uh, amidst yeah, the other creations and, you know, solving all these together. Mm.
0: Yeah. So it's interesting. So tell me a bit about why you decided that or, or, or I'm guessing that, you know, being in the space for some time, right, uh, working on sustainability, you must have seen um like a gap in your community in terms of Mm. like understanding issues related to sustainability. Is that why you decided that you wanted to do a focus on religion and sustainability?
1: Yeah, I think it's one of those narratives in the religious space, like in Islamic space that doesn't even get talked about at Mm. all, even though it's in scripture, even though it's in divine texts. Um, So it's a bit intriguing because we went, so the reason why Fitri was founded in the first place was because my my co-founder and I went for an NUS Muslim Society event Mm. and we were drinking out of, we wish we shared a cup because the cup was made of styrofoam, mm. and we knew that that's going to be harmful for the earth, right? So we were like, Okay, um, we definitely need to think about you know, what we're doing, even I mean, it has to be aligned to our values as Muslims. Um, and so we also then we also started to see that actually our Muslim community doesn't even understand, and it's very it's seen as something that is very far mm. from them, mm. um, and so it's like you know, the premise of having this organisation is to surface up the values of, uh, the religious values, the Islamic values um, that asks us to protect the earth. Um, Yeah, and so the the activities also involve a lot of talking to not just kids, but also like the adults. Mm. Um, You say, what's this? Climate change? I don't understand, you know. Um, Is it because, you know, they're like, okay, you know what? If you don't do this, you might go to hell. (laughs) I don't say it that way. Um, (laughs) I'm so stressed. I don't say it that way. Um, But I I do think that you're accountable for your time on earth. I think that's the message, right? You're accountable for your time on earth. And um, like scripture also talks about you know, you shouldn't be corrupting Earth. And so, with that in mind, uh, what are you? What have you been doing that actually would end up corrupting the Earth? Um, and is there something you can do about it? So, the awakening comes from there, I imagine. Mm. Um, it comes from, like, asking these deep questions rather than just telling them, oh, okay, you're going to use a, um, you know, don't use disposables and all that. Mm. Uh, there's that practical side to things, but I think when, when it hits them that, oh, wait, my religion tells me that I actually should care. Um, and then that's when it becomes, um, you know, the, 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 the consistent effort comes in. Mm, yeah.
0: mm. I, I, I like it because I think it sounds as if it's like a, it, it doesn't sound so much. I think I was very curious mm. at the beginning because I thought it was like religion, you know, to motivate sustainability. But it mm. does seem like a very like well-rounded, yeah, holistic like approach towards yeah. like, Life. Living in general, yeah. yeah. So. You're right.
1: Yeah. It's, it's about manifesting your most human self. And the human self is one that cares for the earth. Mm. So I just want to tell a story. Like a few days ago, I was um so this year I started to go for a lot of nature walks, as mm. with everybody else, right? Um because nowhere to go. A hiker. <laughs> Where do we go? Suddenly everybody's a hiker. Um one of Fitri's programs is actually a nature walk. So we go for Fitri Walks. And it's really about marveling at the creation of God. Okay, let's just put it that way, very blunt, very you know, basic level, you know, marveling at creation of God. Um but it's a very quiet process. Like You walk through nature, you marvel at it, and you ponder. So there's that kind of reflective, meditative exercise around that, um, without us telling exactly how you should be doing it. Mm. So there's that. And then, you know, I didn't know what kind of effect it would take, but it's just that, okay, let's just go through it anyway. And then um, I was looking at, I was taking a bus from the MRT station to my house, and In my area, they're about to expand because they're having a lot of new MRTs built over there. And so, along this road, they cut about 20 trees. Like, just 20 trees all cleared up. And I think I started to tear as I go along because it just hit me that, oh god, (laughs) this is... um, Yeah, you just feel something. Uh, Like, another piece of creation had just, you know, been moved around like furniture. So... Then you start to reflect on, actually, what are we doing on this earth? Um, when we say we want to be more sustainable, mm. are we actually just moving around furniture in our house to make space for sustainability? So I had like deep thoughts around that, but ultimately, I think it's how you see other creation, mm. um, and how yeah, the empathy builds from there. Mm. Mm.
0: Interesting. So, I mean, besides like the the you obviously care a lot for like sustainability, right? How do you kind of then um translate that to uh, the individuals who join Fitri, for instance? Like how do you relate that kind of experience to them? Mm. Is it through like some of the activities that you do?
1: Right. Um I think we don't have to be too prescriptive about how you get there. I think the idea here is to be consistent about it. Mm. So when we did Fitri walks, we would just you know go for regular walks. Uh, we also, for the past few years also, uh, we had done a lot of campaigns together with MUIS, the Islamic Religious Council of Singapore, um, where they would part- allow us to partner with different mosques to you know, run our campaigns. So there was the Safe Water campaign um, under PUB as well. So on saving water, it's actually part of our religion where um, you use less water to do ablution, which is like cleansing while you are about to pray. Um, You have no idea how many many litres of water is being wasted in mosques every day because people think that, oh, to cleanse myself, I need a lot of water. But actually in our religion, it teaches us that you know, you only need to have this amount. The recommended value amount mm. of water is this much, and this is the practice of the prophet, for example. Mm. Um, and he used this much, so it aligns to the idea that we shouldn't be wasteful of water, food, and all that. And um, and so partners like PUB and in- movies are ready to help us out on this. So yeah, it's it's quite nice um, having people to, I mean, the the stakeholders being this kind of like higher level um, authorities and stat boards but people on the ground would be the people who are interacting in the mosque mm. um, in this, those Islamic spaces yeah. so
0: w- during your journey because I think future has been around for quite some time and you've been in the space for a while right so mm-hmm. during that period of time I'm sure you've met like resistance um, mm-hmm. from individuals across all uh, walks of life but specifically when it comes to like religion and sustainability like what were some of the biggest hurdles that you had to cross?
1: I think this um, idea that it was just, oh, it's just a youth, um, it's a fad, mm. it's a youth thing, and it's um, new ideas. Um, and I think that's like shortchanging the kind of... Um, intellectual effort that we put into Mm. understanding these issues um i think i mean it's not very blatant but it can be very that's one of the challenges i imagine um it's it's not easy to overcome this kind of it's um because i cannot spend too i shouldn't be spending time convincing you also Mm -hmm. (laughs) those individuals right
0: it's tricky right because like a lot of what you do is like it's based on um Islamic teachings also, mm, right? Yeah, and, and it it's kind of funny or, or I would not say funny, but I think maybe for some it's not as natural if yeah. somebody younger than them was kind of teaching them yes, these values, right?
1: Yes, Um, I wouldn't say that the resistance like hard hardcore resistance. I I just I just think there's a lot of like confusion, awkwardness. Mm. Um, you know, I I struggle with uh with talking to religious leaders who. Would, who don't have that much understanding about sustainability in the mm. first place, but also don't put in that much effort in understanding it. Mm. So I my long term goal for Future would actually be to ensure that our Asatiza or our religious scholars are actually well equipped with the knowledge about sustainability um, and how it actually aligns to our values as Muslims. Mm. Yeah. Mm.
0: So on that note, what were some of like your maybe personal like bigger wins in this whole journey?
1: Bigger wins, uh, I wouldn't say I've achieved any big wins at the moment, but I do think that FITRI is gaining traction not just in Singapore, but also in Southeast Asia, Um, which is quite interesting because the the movement um, in addressing sustainability issues is not just on the secular level where you have like corporates, you know, making huge changes, countries making policy changes. There's also the social movements Mm. that are spiritually based Mm. uh, in Southeast Asia. So in Indonesia, for example, there's um, Bumi Langit, which is a community that um, promotes um, permaculture that promotes a community. You know, um, it's a it's a fair economic system that um, like it it spells sustainability, like basically. Um, but it's also based on Islamic values, so I would you know vouch for these kind of um, organizations. Uh, there's also is. Um, Eco pesantren or like Islamic religious schools that are eco, um, and so they they actually it's it's all surfacing up. They're all getting the kind of uh, they're all doing good stuff for their own community. So I think that kind of network uh, that we're building over the next few years SV3 would be very very helpful. Mm. Um, I imagine they always get lost in translation because it's it's another country, it's another language. I mean Malaysia, Indonesia, Brunei, whatever that is, um, and so it doesn't get surface to that national mainstream English language speaking kind of mm-hmm. sustainability space. Mm. But I think as future, I think that it's part of our advocacy, uh, mm. making sure that these voices also get heard. So in the sustainability space across the world, actually, Indigenous voices are getting more heard in addressing sustainability issues because sustainability had been a core part of faith, a core part of communities, Indigenous communities. Mm. So that has to you know be the next Move forward, la, Having mm. that space for that voice it, as well.
0: Mm. Yeah. I really like that because I think it's something that I never really considered mm. until you kind of mentioned it. I want to then ask because we were chatting about it slightly earlier, right? Before before we started recording, you mentioned that there is some um difference in like uh vernacular, right? In in when when it comes to talking about sustainability versus uh in in the language of like English versus mm. like uh mm. Malay, for example, so. Would that be one of the reasons why, I guess, you know, along the years, um, the efforts for sustainability became kind of, like, lost? You know what I mean? Mm. Because it was such a big part of, like, yeah. the indigenous culture. But then, you know, as time passed, yeah. colonialism, Honest- capitalism... Honestly, I would
1: really love to, like, study it deeply. Eh? I, I'm still very... It's um, still at nascent stages stages for me to understand this. Mm. Um, I do feel... I mean, I felt the the disparity earlier on when I was working in Indonesia and I was talking about sustainability and all that. And so, for example, in Singapore, um, we have the term um, zero waste, right? Mm. In Indonesia, they don't even have um, like a proper coined term for zero waste. They just call it zero waste and explain the meaning of Mm. zero waste. Mm. So if you understand zero and you understand waste, uh, in in Basa Indonesia, you just say, oh yeah, any adalah, you know, zero waste. And then they explain what zero waste is. And mm. then it becomes mainstream. People normalise that that term. Mm. In Singapore, or in, in Singapore-Malaysia, we will use the term Sifar um, Sampah, which people will understand, oh, I know these two words without, uh, I mean, without be, them being put together. It literally translates to Sifar is zero, Sampah is waste. waste. Mm. So that when the nuance of being zero waste in English language is not the, it's not the same when they don't understand it in the language, in yep. another language. Yep. So I think there's that effort in trying to translate into a few things mm. like in the sustainability space, in the social space as well. Mm. So things like... Um, Translating toxic masculinity, for example, do you actually have a like that in your language? Mm. It's new. Mm. Can you actually translate it for me? Mm. I think for me, I I personally feel like that's one of my life missions also to ensure that people are like um they understand it uh, in the language that they're comfortable with. Mm, that we have yeah. equal access because yeah. right? yeah. I think
0: some of these terminology terminologies are also like created, you yeah, know, as we go along, as exactly. like our cultures change. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. So, um I guess tying it back to kind of like Singapore, um, because most of your work is is based here, right? So how do you think what are your thoughts about like how we're doing as a country mm. in terms of like our sustainability efforts and what your hopes for the future?
1: Right. I think Singapore, you know, when when the minister um talked about the thirty by thirty um plan, um I think Singapore is moving. It has put ourselves in the right direction. I think there is that kind of signal mm. to to put efforts to ensure that we achieve those goals. Um, but also, those goals are not exactly cast in stone. I mean, it's written out there, but I think that the efforts to put to get to there is not cast in stone. Also, um, so um, there is effort from the policy side um, in ensuring that you know campaigns. Um, you know, initiatives and all that come out on the ground. Um, I think we need to do a lot more work. Um and also have space for different voices to own this this um, you know, in, in solving sustainability issues. Right. So um yeah, I find it really interesting how there's a lot of different camps in addressing sustainability issues. There's those who want to use technology and, mm. you know, build new innovation. Um to address let's say food security but there's also those who want to do soil regeneration and ensure that our soil is good for farming Mm. um, in the first place and build our own um, resilience soil resilience Um, there needs to be space for all of us to actually do the effort put in effort for that yeah Um, I don't know how like who is more endorsed than the other, right? Mm-hmm. I I imagine there is that kind of you may cut this out, man, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I personally feel that there's that kind of bias towards Tech. technology. For sure. This shiny stuff. Right? For sure. Yeah. But um the indigenous voices, the mm. the local and un- local farmers, they existed for they've existed for a long time in Kang. Are they actually heard? Um are they actually given the opportunity to expand, for example? Um, I doubt it, mm. But there needs to be more space for that. Mm. Yeah. Mm.
0: So, my final question for you for today's episode is: Um, on that note, mm-hmm. how would you encourage like listeners who are tuning in who are maybe you know like already I, I would assume most of us are
1: on the younger million no, the Gen Z, <laughs> <laughs>
0: another generation altogether. Yeah, mm-hmm. who are interested in like sustainability issues, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it. Can also kind of be discouraging sometimes. I mean, you would you would know to be mm-hmm. in a space where, um, little change happens until like big players come on board and then mm-hmm. they're like, let's do this, right? So, mm-hmm. I guess the question is, how would you encourage them to keep fighting for a cause mm-hmm. that they believe in in terms of
1: like sustainability? Um, okay la. I mean, I've encountered some youth who do this for the Fed and for the cloud, um, and I. Well, as long as you're in there, I think I'm okay. Um, I, but I do feel that we need to groom the future leaders of uh, that have the right mindset for sustainability. So I think um, as, a, as an as as an older millennial, um, I mean, I've been I've been like really uh, putting in the effort to ensure that there's a legacy that. A, the younger generation can actually take on, um, be in infantry, for example. Mm. Um, and so my my co director is actually a twenty four year old uh, uni undergrad who actually aligns with the values. But I think there was this there's a need to like groom her into this leadership space. I think that's important. Um, but I think and on on that understanding of the world and understanding of how the effort could be put in, um, she actually gets it. Um, so that's great um, for other use, I think um, the cons- it, there's this need to be consistent about it I think um, like to ensure that you're not doing this for the wrong reasons lah, or mm. the reasons that are you know going to wear you out soon enough mm. yeah and I mean the burnout is a real the, because the resistance to ensure that a sustainable world comes into play. Um, it's very, very high because you have a lot of decision makers who mm. are from a generation beyond me, mm. who are still gatekeepers or un, you know, responsive, uh, or yeah, they they really just hold back the development. So there's that weight of the past, mm. um, and so mm, for the youth, I think, you know, hang in there. I think that they can hang in there, but. Um, be clear also what you want to achieve out of it mm. so that you would play the long game rather than just, you know, fight, fight, fight mm. and burn out eventually within the next 2-3 years like that. Mm. Yeah.
0: It's very sound advice. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's I'm true so because
1: it. <laughs> Sound advice, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it's true because you're, you're exactly right. I think a lot of, a lot of times these movements, right, are mm. started because of like an emotional motivation which is mm. not wrong. No, it's not great. Wrong. Um, but yeah, I think like it's important to... Be tactical about it. Yeah, yeah, and be consistent. If yeah. not, you would also be very, then very jaded yes, right, by right. the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So, thanks a lot for sharing today, Farah. <laughs> um, okay. I think you've given all of us quite a new perspective about the relationship between spirituality and sustainability. So, um, if anybody would be interested to check out Fitri, you guys can visit greenfitri.org or follow them on Instagram and Facebook at Green Anything you
1: wanna shout out about? It's spelled with F I T R E E. Cute, cute. Uh, maybe the meaning of fitri. Just, just to show. It, yeah. Because you took such a long time to come out with the meaning of. I mean, the word, not the, the the organization's name. Uh, fitri in Islam means um, not fitra. It's a reference to the word fitra. Fitra means nature mm. or the nature of us. Nature of. You know, the fitra of uh, 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 a human being is to, you know, be something, right? Mm. So, fitra is the term. It uh, can be t- tweaked to fitri. And the tree is the tree. La. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Cute play on. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Cool. Yeah. So, it's green fitri. <laughs> yeah, that's right.
0: Okay, cool. Thanks a lot, Farah. Thank you. This show was brought to you by Utopia. This project showcases everyday Singaporeans that have made an impact in our society. Have someone in mind, nominate that person at utopia.sg forward slash impact.